Reality is the intuition and the imagination and the quiet voice inside my head that says, isn't that extraordinary? In my years of photography, I have learned that many things can be sensed, seen, shaped, or resolved in a realm of quiet. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And this is episode 202 for the end of February 2024. Wow, I didn't mess that up. <laughs> no, it's a lot of twos and zeros. I know, and I know. Fours yeah. And, yeah. I was like, because I'm like, don't say 23, don't say 23. And I was about to say, it's the leap year. So this will come out on a leap year day. So it's a once out of four year, you know, show that we're doing. Yeah. It's a so. leap show. A leap, a leap show. A leap show. It sounds like a German word. Ah, leap uh, show. <laughs> my little leap show. Yeah. <laughs> ah, so how are you doing? I'm doing good. Winter has, has arrived back in Calgary, so it's very cold. Yeah. Maybe the less we talk about that, the better. Okay, we won't talk about that. And I won't talk about that it's going to be 60 degrees here in a day or sure, two. Sure, you go so right We won't ahead. talk you about keep that. keep talking about that. That'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> and if I keep talking about it, you're just going to send that smoke down here as soon as You know as what? It's already started. It's already started. <sighs> so the fire season that. has started north of me. Yeah. yeah damn. Are you getting so. good sunrises or sun, sunsets? I oh, it hasn't really come down. It's just the number oh. of fires is abnormally high. They're all, I imagine, they're all yeah. quite small. But there, who knows? It well, could have been smoldering from last year. Fingers crossed that we don't, um, all of us don't have to have that same thing as last year. That was just terrible. Yeah. 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 So, so what else have you been up to? Have you been paying attention to all the news these days? The new photography news? Uh, the heard? new photography news. Fuji came out with a yes. new X100 variant, which you could not escape. <laughs> and now no one can get one again. No one can. I, I pre-ordered one. Did you? I no. did. And when I say, once I got, yes, once I got the uh, announcement from B&H, like it was like immediately in the email, I just went and, and pre-ordered it. I figured it, you know, whatever it would come up and I'll just sell my, um, we'll see. I know the market for the X100F, the price will go down, but I don't care. I mean, someone, yeah, anybody out there is interested in a pretty good, good condition X100F, yeah. I think I'll be getting rid of mine. Cool. Well, I I did sign up for when they become available. Ah, when they become available. So I'll make the make the decision of like, nope, can't afford it. I'm really kind of hanging on for the XS20, which will be more of more use to me for sports. Oh, the right, right, right. That one. Yeah. The one that shot that model at the Fuji event here last year, whenever it was earlier in the year. A good camera. That's the one I'm recommending for people if they want to get involved, especially in in video for uh, Fuji stuff, because it's a good hybrid camera. Mm -hmm. It's got very good It's just a good camera. It's fun to use in the studio. Yeah, and it's the same design as the uh, the other two, the X-H2 and the X-H2S. X-S10 and X-S10, too. It's the same as the X-S10. Is it? The the unpainted control wheels. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With the yeah. yeah, so you can design it and it has or, the and, PASM dial. And yep, 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 it's yep. Yeah, designed to work. Yeah, but you know, I'm flipping on my YouTube channels to watch, you know, more fountain pen videos or whatever I'm getting, <laughs> and all I can see is everybody and people who I've never heard of before have got this thing in their hands, the X100 VI or the X106. And, uh, you know, like everybody's putting up a video saying this camera is making me a better photographer and does it have everything it needs? And it's like, I just want to, you know, it's like enough already. I mean, um, how much can you talk about this camera? There's, it's got a new sensor and it's got IBIS and yeah. Okay. So what? That's it. I mean, yeah. I think everybody's making such a big deal of it because they couldn't get the five. And anyway, it's just a, it's a thing. Well, I mean, if I had the five, I don't know that I would buy this, you know, sort of like, well, which one should I get if I never had one? Well, you, the yeah. used market's going to pick up again because people will be jettisoning their old X100s in right. favor yeah. of the new one if they can yep. get a hold of one. 
You know, I always get yeah. the latest. 40 megapixels well, is a lot for me, though. I, I'm fine with the 24 or 26. It is or a lot. And there's the cropping stuff. and But, you know, that's the new sensor that, uh, you know, here we are talking gear. Sorry. But <laughs> it's the new sensor that Fuji is very proud of. And it's like, sure, throw it in there. Big deal. I mean, yeah. True um, It's, you know, I, I use that sensor on the, I have the X1. I got the, you know, X-H2, which has got that sensor in it. And it's fine. I use it for bird photography. I like cropping into it because sometimes the birds are just a little yep. too far away, even with my lenses, and it gets nice shots. And you know, so, but again, it's like it just doesn't seem warranted all this this um, hoopla over it. You know, it's a yes, it's going to be a very, you know, uh, people are going to be buying this camera left and right, and been like, so what? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just I couldn't escape the news, and maybe it's just maybe you know, unfortunately, you watch one video on YouTube. And that's it. The algorithm's like, okay, he wants to watch yeah. every single video about the X100 VI. And, yeah. you know, I, I, what did I make a mistake at watch? Oh, I can't remember. What was I? I watched something. It's like, oh, that looks interesting. Not just something that popped up in the timeline. And, like, from now on, like, I got, you know, a thousand <laughs> videos of, of whatever this is. Like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, so I put a pre-order in it because, the you know, for me, the X100 has got – it has – it has a nice history for me because I had the T and I still have it. And I think I burned it out. Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes to talking about like a um, symbiosis between an, a piece of equipment and like a vision, mm-hmm. like that camera really, really did something for me. Uh, mm-hmm. It definitely shifted something. And, you know, most a lot of my street photography was was with that. But it also had a little bit of a... You know, a little bit of a dream come true in a way because growing up and seeing photographers with Leicas around their necks and the, you know, the photo vests and, yeah. you know, looking really cool and stuff like that. And I was like, I've always liked rangefinder cameras as a kid. I don't know why, just because I associated it with being a photographer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I never bought a Leica and I don't think I'd ever will buy a Leica. You know, it's just too much, too much. Yeah. But, you know, having, having, I think, you know, when I first got the X20, I think, right? Is that the, the yeah, little that's the one? Yeah, I, got, I went to. And that had that look to it. It had yeah. that little bit of look. I was like, oh, I can see yeah. where this is going. I and imagine it was it, like a like a CL, you know, it was kind of the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of but thing. it had that look, you know, but it was too small. It was still a point and shoot. But when the, when the X100, when I started hearing about the X100, like, yes, I was attracted to the way it looked. And there was this, you know dormant part of me that was like remembering when I was young and I saw photographers walk around looking really cool with this thing. And and mm-hmm. so that certainly influenced some part of it, but, you know, after using it and it jived with, you know, I think we worked together to create, you know, uh, a, a sort of a vision or an idea of way the, of my photography. Um, so it, it helped, it helped me bring sort of out what I wanted to do. Right. Uh, and, you know, you have to give credit sometimes to equipment for, for, you know, sort of augmenting already what's sort of dormant in your, in your, or in my, my, um, creative psyche or something like that. Yeah. Well, for me, this I, I don't know X, if it's making X, any sense here. Yeah. So. No, but for me, it's the XX, X, what is it? X3, Mm-hmm. So it's interchangeable lens, but essentially the same kind of deal as the X100, uh, same field of view and so on. And so that was my, that was my really hitting the ground running for street. Then we were walking around New York. That's, you know, 90% of the work I was yeah. generating and was you know, from that combination. But even just like also having a camera that, you know, is not, um, intimidating it's not heavy it's not going to carry with you all the time this is the thing i talk to students all about you know if you're gonna yeah you might have and no no disrespect for any large heavy duty dslrs and whatnot you know because i certainly own a few of them but if you're going to want to photograph every single day schlepping some giant camera with you is is not going to be what you want to do and so having something small that's going to sort of pull you outside all the time. And it's not a burden. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just tell students, if you want to get your photography better, you need to take pictures as, as many days of the week as possible. Cause that's how I did it. So, yeah. and any of these small cameras do this, but one of the things I loved about it is that I'm going to say, this is the segue. Here we go. <laughs> 
is is that leaf shutter. Mm. That uh, that quiet, silent or nearly silent leaf shutter. I mean, I showed them the difference between students. I show you know you can take a picture with this camera, kajunk, right? Yeah. Or you can take a picture with this camera, and you it's like, did you guys hear the shutter? And usually yeah. they don't hear the shutter. Uh, and so the silence of it, um, or the near silence of it, if you're using electronic shutter, is totally silent. But that near quietness is really that kind of putting yourself as a fly in the wall kind of photographer in a way. Like, you know, mm -hmm. So I really like that. But you like the way I, I fed in the word silence. It's silence. <laughs> so we're talking about silence. So we're well, going to have like 40 minutes silence, of dead air now? Or? <laughs> yep. Yeah, here we go. And it's opposite today. We're it's opposite. Right. We just we're talking about silence in photography, right? Well, someone uh what did I what did I call this thing? Well, I have a good name for that. I'm not gonna spoil the name of this. Well, no, I want to call the name shh. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's that's the name of our show. Okay. That's the name of our show, yeah. Be quiet. Silencio Bruno. Remember, did you see that uh what was it? Uh it was a it was a Pixar film with this kid in Italy and he had this little voice in his head that kept telling him, you know, not to do something. And he, and he would just say, Silencio Bruno. So <laughs> silence, Bruno. Uh, but, um, yeah, I wanted to, I thought we could talk about, or we thought we could talk about the embracing the quiet and, and our creative process. How can we embrace quiet in our photography? And I, as I started to write notes down, I sort of really give this some thought about what is it, what does that mean in, in what we do on a daily basis, photograph photographically wise, and and taking pictures and and processing pictures and and thinking about work. And I realized that I think you already have a hand in this because I always found that you are looking at your own work and. You know, when you say you're reflecting on your own work, I'm realizing that that is something that you're not doing while you're sitting on a bus, going to work or something like that. That nope. somehow you're 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 uh, um, situated in a place of of quiet environment where you're able to then peacefully look at your work and, yeah, and well, reflect on it. Pe well, I don't know if it's so peaceful. Well, it is. Um, with my tendency towards attention deficit, it's an opportunity to concentrate. And silence, I think, is the best way for a human to concentrate. So whether it's editing or viewing or reviewing, which I do a lot of uh, my own or work. Or reading as well. Reading, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the silence is definitely, definitely part of that. But it seems like, uh, you know, two different... To kind of disparate subject matter we're talking about here, the visual, visual and the, the oral, or whatever you want to call it, the sound part. And it's just interesting when, when you brought this up to me, like how, you know, yes, I've got some interest in, in, in the subject matter, but the, the way, the way we've put kind of put these notes together has made it a much larger topic than I could have imagined. <laughs> <laughs> because, yes. Yeah. Because, because it's in every aspect of photography. Right. There is uh, certainly for me. And now that I'm retooling my, the way I'm thinking about silence and photography. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that's kind of what happens when we're doing these shows sometimes is that we come up with a subject and in a sense, it could almost be a little bit of a rabbit hole to, you know, it's silence in, you know, um, in how we produce pictures, silence in, in, in the pictures themselves and the subject matter. I mean, there's like all of a sudden there's this growing, ever growing kind of, uh, uh, topic. And so, yeah, I don't think we, you know, I don't think we can manage to, to, to be able to cover it all, but I would like to, you know, the word silence in photography, you know, mm -hmm. how do we, how, how can we, how do we see that? And how does that how does that come across in many different ways? Well, I mean, for for well, let's start at the beginning, the creation of the image. So, I've mentioned a couple of times on the show about when you and I were walking around Manhattan, and you're 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 giving me a tour, which is awesome. Like you're telling me, you know, that I grew up over here, and like this is this is a very important place for you, but. 
I'm I'm trying to shoot pictures. And you're like, shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> I love you, man, but I can't. I just can't concentrate. I got I got the Flatiron Building. It's not. It's got construction hoarding on it, but uh, you know, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to create something here, and um, and my kind of. Uh, I don't know. J- just the taking the verbal and the sound aspect out of my brain to take that and replace that with, you know, the visual part mm-hmm. and the searching and clawing over and uh, clawing over the, the sidewalk and the buildings and the light and just trying to focus literally and figuratively, uh, put my attention towards everything visual and I, I want to push away anything. I mean, I, I appreciate the noise of the city, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different noise. It's a, it's a different. It's a different thing. Uh, but the t- the talking, the the verbal, or another thing with it, like one of the reasons why I'm kind of a poor art, art critic or photo critic is, I I just don't want to have to. What's the comedian say? You you, you don't want to have to explain the joke to tell people how it right. works. You're ruining right. it. Right. And I feel the same way about photography. I want there to be a nonverbal uh, presentation of what's going on that has an, a nonverbal effect on the on the viewer. So but that's the creation mm, of the image, anyway. Yeah. Well, as you're saying that, you know, it occurred to me that uh, you know several times I, I've run photo walks, and and that's always an interesting position to be in because it's sort of like what I was doing with you in a way. Is you know people want to be sort of guided. And they want to take pictures. And so do I want to take pictures. And I realize every fo- pretty much every photo walk that I'm on, I've taken, I haven't taken good pictures because I'm either too busy talking or listening. And or for some reason, for me, you know, it's walking and chewing gum at the same time. It's like I, I can't do one or the other very well. And so I end up doing both not so well. You know, if I do a photo walk, I should, I think the last photo walk I did, I just brought my phone with me because I was no, not committed to it. So I spent more time sort of talking. But yeah, I realized there was that's no way I fine. If you're an instructor pictures. leading something, that's. Yeah. But, you know, I go on these walks too and I want to take pictures as well. But, but it, it didn't occur to me until you said this before we went on that, oh, that's interesting because I, most of the time I'm photographing by myself and I don't have people talking to me or I don't have anything, you know, and being in the city is nice. I mean, the noise of the city doesn't, you know, bother me. That, that kind of sound doesn't affect me. But once I get into, into shooting mode or photography mode, I, I don't want to hear things, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. and again, we talked about this before, about like sort of the walking meditation of photography and, and being present. And I was just talking about that on my, my talk last week at, uh, at, uh, at the cafe, bringing that up again as, as being mindful. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, yes, I didn't, it, for, for some reason, once this, once this word hit our show notes and I was like, silence, how does that show up? And, and realizing, yes, I have that same thing. Like if I was you, I'd be exactly the same, you know, exactly the same kind of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. be like, yes, I want to shoot. And, you know, great that you grew up here, but be quiet for a minute. I'm not saying that's what you're going to say to me, but you might've said, (laughs) but you know what I mean? It's like, and I, 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 so I, I get that now, but that is, you know, that is one aspect of, of, uh, of silence and photography is this idea that uh it sometimes for me it's the two things don't work but although again it depends on the context you know right i've been in been in you know like studio situations where of course you got to talk you know if i'm doing so a if you're chatting up a it, model or something you got it and that's fine yeah, and, and that's part direction. of the energy of capturing something yeah 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 that can be but, fun but street you know, photography it, man it, there's just so much there's all these Balls in the air that you gotta, you gotta balance, and that instant you want to capture that instant, and that's part of the right. fun of it for me is the concentration. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, the concentration. I think that's where where for me, it, if I'm not if I'm not paying attention, that's where things fail. So I like when I go on photo walks by myself because that's it's one of the things that I do with my class. I, I tell them uh, my street photography class again. I say. You know, they think we're all going to go out on some big photo walk together. And I say, nope. I say, you guys are going to go out on your own. And and guess what? I'm not coming with you. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, why? I'm like, because, you know, A, if we walk as a group together, 
you know, everybody's going to take the same picture of the same fire hydrant. But there is, I didn't even think about it, is that there's this other thing about being in a group where you're not going to, you know, I said, you guys are going to go off on your own. You're going to come back. You're going to be solitary. You're going to figure stuff out. You're going to come back and you're going to share stuff with us. And then we can talk about it, but not not during not during the shoot and stuff. So yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah. So as, as we were thinking about the subject, I, I flash back to the days that uh, um, when I worked in a dark room in school. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, you've said this before. I think, I mean, for me, I love staying late in a dark room at mm -hmm. night because there's nobody there. 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. Those are my those are my golden hours in the dark room. I, I never could that. stay that late for the school. But, but OK, uh, well, no, I had my my home dark room. Well, you had your own. Yeah. 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 There was something about being in a big dark room in school because I had multiple enlargers and you can go there. But when you went there late at night, nobody was there. There was someone in the cage who you had to bring the equipment back to. Uh, and you could hear the running water because mm -hmm. uh, you had the, you know, the the, the washing rinse, tank going, yeah. Yeah. rinse, and uh, and there was nobody there. And maybe I'd have a little music on, or not, but just that 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 being by myself and quiet. And then um, uh, I, I just it didn't I didn't remember that. I didn't remember how much silence was involved in that as well. Like mm -hmm. I hated working in dark rooms with the whole class because it was just a real big mess. Mm -hmm. And and I, I don't remember that being like a detriment to the work I was doing, but I do remember being in the dark room by myself and liking that a lot, yeah. you know? And so, uh, you know, I was thinking about that now in terms of like what we're doing in, in post-production, you know, in sitting on a computer. I'm sitting here today trying to do some, uh, 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 post-production in Lightroom for a class that's coming up uh, on Thursday. It's actually a class in processing. And sitting here in in a quiet silence doing the, pro you know, looking at my pictures. And it made me think of you, by the way. This is where I thought about you, about looking at, looking at work and, and contemplating it and reflecting on it and thinking about that. And I was like, you know what? This is another, you know, bit of uh, a, a, a way to um, be introspective, quiet, paying attention. I'm like, I, I can't do this kind of stuff like while I'm at a coffee shop mm -hmm. or, you know, or, or anything. I have to do this in, in this environment, but I just, I'm not, I just wasn't aware of this until now. Mm. I don't know about you. Um, no, I, like I say, I haven't really thought about it much at all. It's just sort of like I would, and just jumping back to the dark room for a while. I have, I have a connection to, you know, Steely Dan and, Paul Simon. I don't know if the Kodachrome song came on when you were in the dark room. Oh my God, you were singing, right? So it's not all it's not all silence, but when you're on the grain magnifier and when you're, you know, exposing, there's a kind of like, all right, nobody move. We're exposing. I don't want because my my enlarger was built on this plywood stand in the corner of this, you know, wood paneling you know, bathroom in my... So anybody who would walk by the room... At the, yeah, at the so time. that's another reason why I have to do everything at night. You got all my siblings are in bed and my parents have gone to bed, so... But there was that, that bzz, you know, that, you know, those old, uh, uh, I've forgotten the name of the, the timer. It's like an egg timer. You twist it, you know, to get your exposure mm -hmm. time. There's mm -hmm. a stay on it. You turn it to 14 seconds or whatever. You push the, push the button and turns the safe light off and bzz, exposes it and does all that fancy stuff. Um, but you're silent. You're like, you're still for that, whatever, that 14 seconds. Holding your breath. I think I am holding do that? my breath. Yeah. I think yeah. I did. And well, also, yeah. too, if I had to do any dodging. So I would do dodging yes. either with my yes. hands, you know, and then keep moving, keep moving. And, and, you know, and then if I need to add two or three or five seconds for burning, then I would do that after. Um, but th yeah. those were definitely silent, like, because I'm trying to trying to dodge whatever. Um I kind of missed that in a way that there there was that uh, visceral uh, reaction to like doing something you know enlarging or something like that like holding my breath because I'm yeah. afraid to to do I can't remember but that just feels very familiar like yeah well just, you didn't want to bump just, the easel you didn't want to bump the enlarger make right. it wiggle or whatever and I didn't want any vibrations to come because it, it was a basement dark room so people yeah. were walking around upstairs or if my siblings were running around it, you know it might it might jiggle things a little bit. Um, 
But yeah, and I saw on a film somewhere or read about people using their hands to do the dodging, and I was—I just took to that. I could make little, little funnel shape and do whatever, and have my fingers jut in. And do I want it closer so it's a sharper thing, or up closer to the lens so it's more amorphous? And it's like ah, <laughs> oh, that stuff is done in silence. If there's music playing, I'm sure I would not have heard it. But yeah. the holding your breath—that's a thing I didn't even think of. I'm sure I was. Yeah, sure it was. bated breath here. So how do you think uh, silence plays a role in our creative process? Like, what would you say to that in general? I mean... Um, well, I think that's where most of the brain work happens, right? You know, from shooting to well, selecting you know, images. Mm -hmm. Is that, am, I, am I in the right territory here? Is that I don't know, maybe. I'm just, I'm bouncing it off you. I mean, like, uh, you know, thinking that uh, silence um, in, encourages observation, opens up the doors to intuition. That that uh, you know, we talk about like if you go to a, I don't know, let's say a, a famous portrait photographer uh, or somebody you know who's um, I don't know. If somehow I think a photojournalist is is working silently, paying attention, observing. Um, yeah. You know, and, and you know, the street photographer dancing, you know, those films of Joel Meyerowitz stepping off the curb, stepping on the curb. Well, what do you think way, of that? Do you think that's that more of an overt thing or, or, or a silent thing? I mean, oh, I, I think I, it's I a silent thing. He's, yeah, his eyes are peeled looking dance. for the next subject. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, even, uh, I'm thinking of Bruce Gilden. Um, I mean, those, those arresting. Um, kind of, you want to well, call let's talk about that. Let's talk about the pictures. You're talking about the, uh, the straight up street shots with street the, shots the, the, of the faces? Bruce Gilden, yeah. And they they're very. You're talking about like the portraits, like the, the street, portraits, the, yeah. The flash, he fires a flash, the flash. in his face, and yeah. Um. Well, what are you thinking about that? Tell me. Well, the, that instant of firing the flash, the whole thing is, uh, uh, an instant of. Well, it's not just the 250th of a second it's like an 8,000th of a second it's like really a short period of time completely lit where you can see the the light in people's eyes and the texture of their skin and you have to say with a Gildan picture it's not always flattering in fact it usually isn't uh, he's doing kind of the opposite of what a studio tries to well, do okay so so I put together a list of pictures um I was talking about like silent portraits, you know, and yeah. Gildan is not one that pops up in my mind when I, when I was going through the list, but like some of the, like, let's talk about silent pictures, right? Well, so let's okay. sort of shift a little bit, but, uh, you know, the, the ones that came to mind originally were the, were uh, McCurry's, uh, Afghan girl oh, and, right. um, Dorothea Lang's migrant mother, right? Like if you look at those pictures, it's very quiet in the picture, like the yes. subject, the, you know, if, if you were to Put a word to one of those things. For some reason, Gildan does not, for me, pop up as a as a quiet image. No, that's true. I mean, but it does, it's, it's not a shouty image. But for some reason, it's not. It doesn't fall in those departments. Now, the Steve McCurry and and, and uh, Lang's pictures; those are pretty obvious examples. But mm -hmm. thinking about like uh, Abaddon's um, um, uh, in the American West pictures, the, yeah. The, the subject against a white background. So there's no interference. There's no um, there's no background interference. It's right. just the photographer well, There's a, there's and the a view camera. I'm here. You're here. You're posing. I'm getting ready. Like it, it's, it's a, you could call it a staged image. It's a portrait image that's created specifically. And so there, you know, that's a good point. And there is so much silence in those. Like as a viewer, those are the kinds of, images that you pour over you looking at all the details because there's so much there's so much to see right. trying to figure right. out who this person is and all of that yeah that's very cool yeah yeah and actually i was thinking uh when that popped up immediately was thinking about his photograph of marilyn monroe because that shot of her sitting there was a moment when she was sort of putting her guard down. She was not Marilyn Monroe, the star. She was, yeah. she was Norma, Norma Jean, Jean, the person, person. And, and Abaddon saw that 
And from the story that we read, I think was like how he just approached and, and took a shot of her. And I think, I think the gist was that she probably knew what she was doing. She knew mm-hmm. she had her guard down, but I, what I was imagining as I'm looking at that picture was the scene and how she's sitting quietly. Avedon looks at her, sees what's going on. And then, you know, sort of quietly moves up to her and takes these pictures. And she's aware of the pictures being taken, but she's, she's not moving. And there's just this silence right. between them, like a silent agreement of taking yeah. the picture. And to me, that photograph is an incredibly silent portrait, uh, especially because of her, uh, of her expression and, and I guess of who she is as well. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I, I have an idea that she was v- very tightly controlling the way she looked in front of a camera. Cause she was, a, I think she was one of the masters of that. I compare to that me, those to are... Doug Kirkland's pictures of her under the sheet mm. from a few years later. Um, there, those don't, those pictures don't evoke silence. I, no, I don't think. Not, not at all. Um, I was thinking most of the pictures of her don't, you know, in general, yeah. just cause of, just cause of the way she is. You can almost hear uh, her voice in the images too. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Yeah, uh, uh, another one that popped in my head was uh, American Gothic. Uh, um, Gordon Parks shot of his portrait of uh, Ella Watson. She's a government cleaner, and she's standing there in front of an American flag with the um, with the broom. Yep. And and how her her face looking at the camera and just the even just the setting, what's going on? There's a there's a uh, this sort of communication between her and us. Um, what was, when was it taken? In the sixties? I, I think it was earlier. There were fifty nines. I can't remember. Yeah. I, get, I can't remember the dates. But uh, you know the 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 communications is going on between her and the viewer, and you know what's going on. There's this mm-hmm. American flag. You've got her. She's got a broom upside down. There's all mm-hmm. this um, uh, the tension with race and. Uh, and class, and even just you know, a person's dignity and whatnot, and well, uh, a black woman with the round spectacles, and round spectacles, older yeah. woman like staring right into the camera. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I use that I use that picture in one of my classes as as also about composition because I think it's a beautifully composed mm-hmm. and a simply composed image, and how 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 such a simply composed image can have such power. But uh, it never really thought about the silence in this, the silent communication. Again, it's this this communication that goes on. This uh, what uh, what the viewer and mm-hmm. the and the, the subject is saying. Uh, the Yosef Karsh picture of um, mm-hmm. Churchill, mm-hmm. right? And and the story behind that picture, the famous picture of Churchill. If you don't know it, you should go and look it up. But um, the story is that uh, Karsh um, pulled out the cigar from his hand from uh, Winston Churchill's hand and, and then caught the picture. And if you look at Churchill, he looks completely pissed off, (laughs) but he looks also very powerful, you know? And I think it's that look that uh, there there's that, again, it's another kind of uh, silent portrait. That's one of my favorite pictures. I love that picture. I I have that book. I have his book, which I haven't read yet somewhere. What's it called? I think Dave um, Dave told me about it. Karsh Portraits? Yeah, something the, like that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and, uh, of course, then thinking about this, I started to think about uh, one of uh, Dwayne Michaels' um, series of pictures called Death now, Comes to an Old Lady. So Dwayne Michaels created these kind of, what would you call them, uh, collages, groupings of sequence, sequence yeah. of images? I don't know if you could label them, but I mean, that's what he was doing. These sequences and, and then writing on pictures, um, right. Doing, putting a lot of writing on it, which to me doesn't create a silence because is a, there's a, you're, you're reading it as the viewer, but this one series of pictures I remember seeing when I was a kid and I just remembered this while I was writing up the notes, like, Oh yeah, I saw this a very, very long time ago. And I remember I liked it as death comes to an old lady, a sequence of five pictures of, uh, an old lady sitting on a chair in next to a hallway and this sort of male figure comes and approaches and taps her on the shoulder. And the last frame is her rising up and it's a blurred image of her standing. And to me, 
I didn't realize how quiet that image was or that mm -hmm. it's hard to say image, that sequence of image. I don't even want to like, what do you call those things? The I, work I don't know. His, I don't, yeah. The I work would call his. them sequences, but that's maybe yeah. too cold. Uh, so anyway, like, you know, not to, not to, I'm not busting shots, but like to put a guild in, in there or even like a Gary Winogrand, like I don't think a, a Winogrand is a, or I think of a lot of street photos as not necessarily being quiet, but there are quiet, there are some quiet ones, you know, but like Irving Penn portraits of the, you know, when he brought his whole studio out into the, you know, uh, middle of Africa and set up a, you know, set up an outdoor studio and those pictures mm -hmm. of the, um, the people that live there and, or, so anyway, things like that. There's, there, there's those silent images that you, when you look at it, it is probably one of the words, if you're going to have to describe the image in, in sentences, it's one of the words you would put is quiet or silence to it. So mm -hmm. I don't know what, uh, what else to say about that. I don't know if you've got something in that department. No, no, I'm, I think you're, I think no, you're right. No. Yeah. Of course I'm right. <laughs> of course you're right. <laughs> so, okay, so those are the images for the viewer, like the, the, the meaning yeah. of silence or the, the oh. presence of silence. And what Sorry, I wanted to, I actually, I did want to mention this. Um, our, our, uh, our new brother in light, Keith Goldstein, um, in our uh, unusual collective, mm -hmm. uh, two projects that he's done. That really made me think of the silence in urban photography. I was thinking of silence in urban photography, but uh, recently he just came out with a book called Manhattan, which is a series of um, incredibly beautiful images of the buildings and scenes of Manhattan. Uh, and when we were talking about doing this idea, I was looking at those pictures and thinking, do those evoke silence? And I thought, yeah, they, they, they do. These giant, massive structures of new york city these giant buildings that are like silent sentinels mm -hmm. if i can say that are silent giants that are and so there's a there's a quietness to his picture and we know how new york is so active and the energy is there but when i see these pictures of these buildings and the way he presents them that there's an incredible silence in that as well mm -hmm. and he also did a project which i can't remember the name of so if he's listening forgive me keith for forgetting but after 9-11, uh, he went down to Ground Zero and photographed the people who were looking at the empty space. Now, when I went down to, to uh, Ground Zero a bunch of times to do some photography, the thing about that was how physically quiet it was there. Mm. Uh given the, the monumentalness of the event and what was going on and all the work that was going on. Um, one time a friend and her daughter came to the city and me and Elizabeth walked, we actually went down near ground zero cause they wanted to see it. And it was amazing how quiet it was there in, in general, just quiet. But Keith did these portraits of people who were staring up at um, nothing hmm. because there was nothing there anymore. And so it's all point of view of, you know, I guess if you were from the World Trade Center, looking at the people who are looking at nothing. Right. And, like the people and watching the parade. About, yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking about that in terms of this, like how how a, a reverent silence that, that existed not only in reality, but in those pictures and in, in the people's expression. So anyway, I wanted to throw that in mm. as, as a, you know, uh, to think about these kind of uh, images or scenarios or situations where where silence is predominant is both part of the um, maybe in the making of it and what the picture um, is produced, what it looks mm -hmm. like. So anyway, want to say that? Cool. Yeah. So where was I? Oh, I was talking about um, the next step Sorry. in <laughs> the process of photography. So we've got mm -hmm. the producing of it, the shooting and the silence around that and the effect on the viewer. And as now we're, I'm thinking about the, um, the process part. And we talked a little bit about that already in the dark room, but editing, mm -hmm. um, going through and concentrating on all the images that you've shot and 
trying to, you know, concentrate and make your image selections. And once you've got your selections and go through and edit them and, you know, it's funny that, that the way I think about editing is I look at an image and there's a, there's a question, but it's more of a nonverbal question is what is the biggest thing that I need to do to make this closer to my original vision when I shot it and deal with that tweak the mm -hmm. thing in the you know in the controls in Lightroom. Okay, good. Stop right there. What's the next thing? Tweak that. And those decisions are all visual decisions. Yes, I'm turning knobs and spinning sl and turn and moving sliders and so on. But the result is uh, is all all visual. And so there's no words associated with that other than maybe reading what the control is. Um that for me is definitely silent. That's a, a silent part of the whole thing. Um, yeah, you know, there, I, and, and part of it is an extension of the concentration you had in the creation of the image at the camera, and now there's the disconnect of time, mm -hmm. and now you're back at that image taken from where it was picked up by the camera, and now we're moving it on down the creative journey again in silence. Yeah, um, you know, I th I think about that also in when I when I speak to my students and they're and um, I I, I kind of diss on Instagram, you know, and I tell them I'm not dissing on Instagram, but you know what I am, <laughs> really putting it to, but you know, if I was going to think about that in in sort of the terms that you're talking about, like looking at um, uh, imagery in that way scanning it uh you know every couple of seconds is and i don't mean this literally but it's like a, it's a noisy way to be observing and and taking in imagery and so when you're talking about sitting down and looking at your images slowly you know scrolling through them or uh, spending a little bit of time tweaking the the um the the settings for uh, processing like I, I'm having such a hard time imagining doing that same thing in a, you know, on a phone in a crowded something or other rushing to get the picture. Like there's, it's like a night and day difference for how to experience um, dealing with your own work. And it would be really interesting that I wonder if someone who's so used to doing that could actually sit tight in a chair in front of Lightroom for 10 minutes trying to, uh, you know, eke the best out of one of their images, you know, or are they just so used to this sort of a noisy environment, meaning not literally, but like a mm -hmm. fast paced kind of like da -da -da -da, yeah. a filter, put this, you know, da -da -da -da, and yeah, then stimulating, done. yeah, stimulating, yes, uh, maybe overstimulation. Uh, and what are the what are the differences from those? What are you what are you losing? I mean, certainly when we're doing it the way you're talking about it, and you're in a sense, quote unquote, losing time, right? Because you're taking a long time. I mean, it takes, you know, from what you've mentioned here often, how long it's taking you to look at and, and process pictures that you've photographed, you know, multiple years ago, even at this point, mm -hmm. we still have stuff from New York or whatever. I mean, you're, you're not immediately rushing to get those out and flip you know, the flip side of that coin is someone's taking a picture and immediately uploading it onto their phone and then processing it in Snapseed and then sending it out the door in a, in a rushed mm, expedient yeah, just way. Expedient way. Yeah. 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 And, and whereas someone like you, I'm just using, using an example could do it that way. Right. You understand the context of like, okay, well I took a shot on my phone and and I'm going to process it Snapseed and I'm going to get it up to Instagram and, and you you can do that. I wonder if it would work the other way around. Could someone who's so used to uh, an, uh, an a noisy, fast-paced kind of thing could sit there for 10 minutes or 15 minutes trying to contemplate how to process one of their pictures? Yeah, I, I, I don't mean, know. It's it's a, just, it's a, I, I, I open yeah. that up. It's, I, I just have a hard time imagining it. I mean, I you know, I think just like today's films are so, you know, think about the difference in films, right? Here's a great example of silence. I think, you mm. know, uh, can you imagine an audience from today sitting through uh, Lawrence of Arabia, right? And watching yeah. 
watching that without, you know, fidgeting or whatnot. And I, again, no, I don't mean this old person, young person kind of thing, but the, the media has changed to the point where everything is, is much faster, more um, electric, if I would say that. And, you know, like watching this scene from, again, Lawrence of Arabia, where they actually do a, you know, a real time sunrise, like exactly. sunrises in real time on film. And, you know, there's no, there's no jump cuts or anything like that. No. So anyway, I just. No, I Omar just, Sharif is coming on the camel and we watched that. That's right. a three minute we watched sequence. That for, yeah, we watched that for minutes. And to me that, yeah. to me, that's a, actually, that's an incredibly quiet film, even though there are parts that are that are you know noisy and violent, and violent but the, yeah. i think the, the, if you were to if i was to sort of s summarize the entire film i think it would be be sort of a quiet movie a quiet um uh rendition of that uh period of history and, and that and that story so it's interesting to think about this idea of silence and not silence and not using silence as a literal thing but excuse me um this this ability to slow down i think I think this is why for me, like right now, journaling and doing the photo journals and even just regular journaling and writing and going mm -hmm. back to like, you know, getting into this thing with the fountain pens that I really like, it is also to quiet my mind down a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm, I'm noticing, I think that's what I'm finding very addictive to this is the quieting down because in a sense, I have to be quiet when I'm writing because I can't like I try listening to the radio while I was writing. I'm like, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> you know, like sometimes I'll sit there and I'll at like five o'clock. I'll fire the news on and I say, maybe I'll write into my journal or something like that. And I'm like, that ain't happening. There's, <laughs> there's none of that. I can't. It's two two different parts of my brain. But even because I'm writing in cursive, I have to do that slowly because I have to figure out how to spell the 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 word, which I'm actually quite pleased with myself as a side note that my spelling is pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, good. Which is weird, you know, but you don't have to sit there and you have to figure out like all the loops and stuff like that so that you can create the right letters. And so there's a lot of deliberate slowness to that. I just don't, I don't mm. write cursive or fast, but I realize I think that's what's going on is to be able to quiet my mind down. And not that my mind was very jumbled anyway, but, but this is, is definitely helping. And so I just wondered about that, like, especially doing the photo journal, the photo journal to me is, is a great way to, to, to quiet down the thoughts of, um, whatever my thoughts are. Uh, so anyway, I thought I'd throw that into the mix too. Um, it's again, I'm, uh, it, and, and you and I are tackling the, the journaling differently, which I think is cool, but, um, it is something that I've been really trying to, to, um, tell more people about like I, tell, I bring my journals into show students and say look you know spend some time looking at one or two pictures stick them in a book you know mm -hmm. write slowly think about them spend time with them come back to them um but i think all the, the the underlying tone to this is is quiet is be quiet a little bit you know and i think when i say mm -hmm. slow down is like, be, be, you know what is it mind like uh, quiet your mind yeah <laughs> quiet your mind uh, so, what was a oh shoot Oh, sorry. Did it take you off the rails? No, no. I, I can't think of it. It was, it was like a, um, darn it, like a mind, like a mind, like water or something like that. I don't know. Just keeping that quiet. Um, so anyway, I thought, I thought, I, I don't know. Do you have anything more to say on this or are we, are we, have we, uh, milked I think it out? we're pretty close to saying what we wanted to say about it. Just, um, you know, whatever it means for our listeners, what silence means in terms of your creative process, make room for it because it. I think it's important. Set aside the time to do your editing in 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 silence, in quiet. Um, when you're shooting, maybe it, it's never occurred to you. You go out and you're all very chatty. You know, I'm going to look at this and look at that. What if you just settle down a little bit and stay quiet and see if you see anything more on the street or in your studio, wherever you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I agree with that. And I think also just seeing how often um, silence appears in what we do sort of even on an everyday level, right? Not just our photography. Mm -hmm. How do we incorporate silence into our lives? Because, um, I think we can't separate our photography from our lives, right? And so yeah. 
how how do you how do you and again this is not about necessarily about meditation or you know i hate the phrase woo woo but like none of that you know it's it's not necessarily that i think we have we have this need to to quiet our minds down in order to make ourselves more present for a lot of things photography being one of them mm-hmm. but you know when you're when you're present with something you the world has a has a sort of a different flavor i think and yep. um and and silence is part of that you know and whatever that means whether it's in the pic whether it's in how you photograph, whether it's the pictures that you're taking, you know, we've been talking a little bit about liminal spaces and images of that. And to me, automatically, that means it's like a quiet space, even just making those kind of pictures and, and, and looking at them, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's a silence between the photographer and the viewer and that, and the subject. Uh, but, you know, keep this idea of silence as a concept in, in a, in a, uh, uh with you as, you're you know walking around and doing stuff no matter what it is mm-hmm. um so i i you know it's something i want to spend more time really paying attention to and it's really interesting to think about it as as you know silent images silent portraits silence when you're processing silence silence, silence and not necessarily you having to be a monk but you know, just this this concept of silence in photography is uh, and i'm sure it's with other things as well um, it's not just photography and it could be with, uh, multiple different, uh, whatever your discipline is. So anyway, it was something that popped up and I thought it was, seemed like it was worth talking about. So, uh, and, cool. and, you know, until, until, uh, we come up with some new idea and we should do one on loud. <laughs> like, right, well then, then I'll bring Gildan back then. You can bring Gildan. Well, actually, why did, sorry to go back. What, why did you bring Gildan up for what just was the, because of the short. Uh, because of the, their a short period of time from the strobe, okay, it is a fraction, like a very, very short period of time where you've taken this person's busy life and just taken like the narrowest curtain shutter mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. aspect of their of, of their existence. Now the the images are, I mean, I would agree they're not silent. They're not silent in the, mm. um, in, in the literal sense, but there's such no. a short. The, the something about the strobe, or, or the fact that I know that it's a strobe that he's firing, it just gives you that intense sliver where there's no time for sound or whatever. It's just I, like you a know what, punch. yeah. I'm going to give that to you. Actually, as I'm thinking about it again, because I'm really, you know, I, it's I don't have different. a specific. It's not, I don't it's have a, not specific, a silent yes. image. It's not yeah. a contemplative, right? Uh, you know, uh, it, it it is. A, it's more of a gut punch, but it's an instant. It's just such a sliver. It, it's of, such a sliver. It's a fraction, a fraction of of uh, uh, time that you almost can't hear it. I, and I, I mean that. I keep going back to being literal here. I don't want to do that, but there's, I get, there's something about that I'm getting, you know, and I'm picturing those pictures. I can't remember anything specific, but some of those portraits that he shot in Los Angeles with those straight on flashes of people, um, they're, they're quite incredible. And I think I get, I think I get what you're saying about it. Um, it's just a different kind of silence. It's a silence based on time, not necessarily a composition. Like yeah. I say, they're, those those images tend to be gut punches, right? So, but um, yeah, that, that tends to well, take. Well, so there, there could be a lot of you know gut punches in in any kind of uh, you know um, what we might think is a quiet image can can certainly have a gut punch to it. Doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that they're mutually exclusive. But is in terms of like that? the yeah. portrait form, yeah, they're striking. <laughs> you know, yeah, no doubt about it. And there's no, there's no, there's really nothing between you and the subject. You no. as a viewer, you're, you're, it's in your face and, and, uh, literally. And you're <laughs> looking over your... all the detail in the same way you'd be looking over an Avedon picture in some right. ways, but right. your state yes. of mind is completely different because, yeah. because of the nature of the, uh, of the images that he creates. I mean, I'm imagining seeing those in a gallery, you know, or a museum. And whatever size they would be printing it, and I was imagining the experience of of sta- standing in front of one of those, 
uh, and having you think some... you'd be silent. That's an in, like when you're standing in the gallery. That's one thing we haven't talked about. Standing what? in the gallery, okay. viewing these images. Like when I went through the Diane Arbus this last year, mm -hmm. um, I was not quiet. I, there were exclamations and oh, really? Like yeah. well, the the, the, um, yeah, the emotional so, or mental impact of the images. It's like God, life must have been hard for these guys or. You know, you are, you you are expressing yourself verbally as you're viewing them. You don't get that, like your liminal images or, you know, certain you know beautiful sunsets and all that kind of stuff. Well, that you might get have an exclamation from one of those too. But there, with a Gildan picture, if they're reproduced large, I mean, you're gonna you're probably gonna make some noise when you're when you're <laughs> looking at them. You're like, wow, okay, you know, there's uh, there, yeah, there, no, there's yeah, that's true. I was just thinking about when you were here in town, we were going to the Besher exhibit and I was trying to think where we, what kind of experience were we having there? And it, even though their, their pictures are quite quiet in a way with, in many respects, you know, there's no people in their pictures, often multiple views of the structures, big prints. But I kind of remember when we were going through the galleries, we were very, I, I think we were. Oh, I don't know. Were, well, we were, we were trying. We were trying to make a recording at the same time. Well, and we so were doing that too. Yeah, we felt like we. Ha I felt like I had to speak sometimes, which yeah. a lot of the time we didn't because there, there's the the Besher exhibit was interesting for a couple of reasons. One was the overwhelming nature of the type of subject matter, um, mm -hmm. and. I was mostly prepared for it, but I actually wasn't. Once I got to see the the volume of images and trying to, you know, I'm in the big city and I'm trying to take it all in, right? And mm. that was the only thing time I think on the whole trip where it really felt like a kind of a tourist, like, <laughs> um, like I, I, I'm not gonna know. I'm not gonna be able to take this all in. Thankfully, there's a book now. I can go through it anytime I want. But it's not the same as standing under the prints that are on the wall. No, um, but, but uh, it was trying to trying to absorb not individual something? images and the scale of what that exhibit was doing. Yeah, you know, brain was maybe in a couple a, places at a, once. Yeah. Good example. I was thinking when we went. I went to the. Uh, Back to Avedon, and there were the giant um, uh, panoramic uh, portraits that he had of, you know, the Chicago 7 mm -hmm. and uh, Andy Warhol and the guys who the the architects of the Vietnam War. And they were really powerful because they were so large and the subject matter. Um, but there was not, if I was going to think about seeing there again, there was not a lot of silence in my head about like, there was a lot of thinking and dialogue. Like who are these people? What's going mm -hmm. on? Oh, this is that guy. There was just a lot of that mm -hmm. going on for me. Uh, and I don't know what that says about the images and, you know, how different they are from the stuff that he did in the American West, which were individuals, um, you know, essentially photographed in the same way, you know, against white, Mm -hmm. But these were groups of people. Well, they had an interaction with each other in the frame. Yeah, too, and which, presented monumentally too, larger right. than life. I mean, these yeah. things were gigantic and spanned the entire walls. Uh, and I feel that they would be different than seeing the shots of, say, the American West or even the Marilyn Monroe shot. Uh, mm -hmm. And so they speak differently to me. So I don't know if they had that have that same power of being a sort of like a silent portrait or something like that. But anyway, it's interesting when that happens with the same photographer, you know, like, you know, it's not uh, a photographer can produce an image that is both, you know, or images that are silent or that provoke a lot of internal dialogue you know yeah and well i mean this, i think you know, of ourselves too like i think of you and the, your light painting experiments you're doing a few years ago right like uh -huh. you know the uh goat skull and and well that's funny you mentioned those i was just looking at those today um you know they 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 have that soft studio-y um well they definitely have a silent look to them because they're so arresting and i think calming Unless unless skeletons and skulls you know, creep you out, <laughs> they don't with me. But it's just, uh, yeah. 
That's interesting. Uh, you know, the, those those kinds of images that, that you know, people take pictures of. Uh, I've got a picture I've got a picture of a uh, you know, three pairs on a wooden table, you know, and there's kind of muted color. Mm -hmm. Um you know, just these things kind of different from the other work that we do. Yeah. That is, is definitely evokes a silence. Actually, as you're mentioning that, uh, it just reminded me of a photograph I found on a Facebook group. It just popped up in my timeline, and I can't remember the photographer's name, so forgive me if they're listening, but I can't remember it. I don't want to look it up now. Oh, wait. Hey, I got it right. <laughs> I got it right here. I just realized I had my, my um, I think I've got it here. You got it in your journal? My journal here. I think I've got it. I think I got it. Oh, shoot. I probably don't. I probably have it in my other journal. This is my new journal. Darn it. Um, yeah, I don't have it in this one. It's my other one. Anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a great, simple image uh, of, a, uh, of a chair, like a wooden chair sort of leaning against the table. All right, so it's a slatted chair. And then on the table is a pear or what looks like a pear that's shaped in a way that it's, it's sort of like a cornucopia. It's sort of shaped curved oh, okay. and the stem is looking at the chair and the chair by it's leaning on the table looks like it's looking at the pear and it's just a single light. Like a, it's like a very simple kitchen. There's nothing else in the pictures, the table, the chair, the light and the pear, and that's mm. it. And, and there's this silent, discussion going on between the pair and the chair mm. i think it's a pair uh and anyway i just i don't know why that popped up just as you were talking about the, about this it just made me think about this this discussion that's going on this quiet and it's a very quiet image it's, it's and I'm, I'm i'm i can't stop looking at it when i see it i'm just i'm so attracted to this picture and it's such a simple such a simple shot. And I think it's also I'm retracted to it because of the quietness in the picture in, in mm -hmm. what it's, even though there's a dialogue going on, but it's yeah. a silent, silent dialogue. Anyway, yeah. I'll see if I can find that picture and give some credit to the photographer. It was just, I loved it. And I wrote about, about, um, I just love that kind of simple stuff. So anyway, yeah. All right. That was cool. That's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, There's you know, nothing to, left to, with silence now. Nothing, so. nothing about less silence, but I would like to like to throw this out. So the, to the, what is, what does silence mean to you guys who are listening? What does that mean in your photography or how you make pictures or your pictures, you know, the pictures that you make, how does silence fit into, into your uh, creative photography endeavors? So be curious to hear about that from people and if everybody's thought about that before um i don't think we're the first people to think about it but it's 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 an interesting um you know it's an interesting concept to to dwell on a little bit so it'd be like yeah. great great to hear from people about that so there. cool yes all right all right well, it was definitely. a surprise to me so it's very cool. yeah it was a surprise and i want to actually i think i want to write something about this it feels like this feels like i need to do something with it i'm I'm, I'm excited about it because I didn't, I never really thought about it so mm -hmm. much. So cool. anyway, right. Well, all right, let's, let's wrap up. Where, where are you in the, in the, in the worlds? Uh, you can find me on Vero and Twitter at, uh, at W Rosin photo on Instagram. You can find me at Ward Rosin fine art, Facebook. I'm at Ward Rosin photo and my website is rosin.ca, R-O-S-I-N.ca. Not much there, but it's there, and there's a contact page, or you can look at some of my stuff there. And our unofficial sponsor for the unofficial show sponsor. is Ornus Photo. That's this uh, little business I have, selling lens adapters and uh, filters and stuff like that for, uh, for Fuji and Sony cameras, and that's it. And you, still sell, you still sell lenses there, right? Yeah, I still, oh yeah, the Asian sourced uh, lenses, uh, seven yeah. sands. I've got quite a few. And it's funny, I got a couple of sales just in the last few days, which is great. Thank you for your support. And uh, what about you, my friend? What can I, where can we find you? Yeah, Vero and Flickr is at AM Rosario. Instagram is AM Rosario Photo, which I haven't put, put stuff up lately, but I'll do some soon my website is amrosario.com it's amrosario everywhere for most places uh our our website is streetshots.photography and 
Subscribe to our Substack newsletter. I'll probably write something about silence coming up. So uh, streetshots.substack.com. And, uh, you know, a few people have bought us coffee, so I really appreciate that. So if you want to buy us a coffee, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Antonio Rosario. Cool. And yeah. I want to thank yeah, people for time. reaching out to me as well on social media. That's great. Want to hear from you. Don't, uh, yeah, don't, yeah, don't yeah. be shy. And, yeah. And don't leave me out. I'd like to hear from you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does everybody have again? They're all coming because you're so handsome, right? Oh <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it's the beard, man. It's the it's beard. The beard. <laughs> it's the beard. The right. Santa beard. The Santa yeah. beard. It's not quite a Santa beard. No. You're, you're more like a Hemingway beard. Okay, I'll right. take that. All right, take that. <laughs> There's a car's picture of Hemingway in his big uh, in his big sweater with his beard. Oh, oh the, there seems like a Photoshop thing for me to do. You know, put your head onto <laughs> what Carsh's picture. All right, I won't do that. All, All right. right, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining me tonight. And uh, it was as real. usual, my pleasure. Yeah, and everybody have a good leap year day. And. Uh, <laughs> See you on the, uh, oh my gosh, see you on the Ides of March, roughly. All right. Yeah. Or exactly. Exactly. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye. All right. Good night. That Dwayne Michaels, you know, Death Comes to the Old Lady. I remember seeing that someplace. You actually saw the work, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw a lot of Dwayne Michaels stuff when I was a kid somewhere. It must have been at the Modern or something. Okay. Yeah, because it wasn't inter- I didn't get introduced to that in college. I mean, I, I his stuff always I always liked it, especially when it was sequenced because it made me think of a film in some well, way. Well, that and the man, the uh, yeah, death comes to the old lady, and what was the other one? The people, the guys passing yeah. in the hallway. I forget what that one is called. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that one. Yeah, but uh, let me get you on. The they disturbed me. Yeah. Him and Leslie Crims bothered me for well, just because of my age. I wasn't ready for that. Con- was well, the... for the subject matter. Oh, really? Just, yeah. It was well, I was 11, just, right? So I I didn't I didn't get the blurriness of it or the necessarily the symbol. I did. I guess with death comes with the old lady. I got the symbolism part, but I just it was too young to include them in the greater canon of photography, I think. Sorry, right, I'm over it now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I'm talking uh, about the reactions of an 11-year-old, which 